0: everyone, Kitty here. Before we dive into the podcast, I wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting.
1: This is Hounds of Horror with Max. Uh, what is a non-fatal murder? <laughs>
0: Victor. No, you're
2: Not, stupid. Doesn't matter how close you live to your house, but anyway. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and Kitty. Oh, that's a lot. a lot
0: of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs>
2: Okay, I'm Victor. (laughs) It's just me here. (laughs) I'm Victor. I'm Max.
0: I'm Kitty. And this is our weekly horror podcast, Hounds of Horror, where we get together and talk about horror movies, as if you care to hear our opinions.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you do. You can reach us at houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com. Suggestions? Comments, things of that nature,
2: corrections,
0: corrections. I'm sure there are lots of
2: those. I feel not like, that interested in those, but well, I feel like every week we talk about how we're going to work on, we're going to correct something, we're gonna look into something for next time, and we forget every time.
0: Yeah, we definitely talked about something from last week, and I don't remember what it is.
1: Yeah, but... <laughs> doesn't matter. That was yesterday or last week.
0: Did I say yesterday or did you say yesterday? I just said yesterday. Okay,
2: but who's that's the other
1: thing. <laughs> See, I was wrong about that, because it was last week. But since I said it was yesterday, it was yesterday now. (laughs) I'm not super interested in corrections. If I say it was a a wrong actor in a movie, that's just the way it is. Like, that's the actor now. It's just different.
2: Like how Benedict Cumberbatch was in that movie we watched about the evil lady that was trying to get the kids. Exactly. (laughs) Boy, what a different movie that would have been. If you would have played Tuco Salamanca's character. (laughs) I don't remember his name in the movie.
0: This week we did Event Horizon. No, Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Right. It was your pick. Oh, man. Let me bring up my IMDb of it real quick.
2: Oh, I thought that was going to be an interlude to something else. Like the. Oh, man. This oh, movie. Oh, man.
0: The... I mean, that was basically what I was saying this movie. Oh. It was starring Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neal, Kathleen Quinlan, Jolie Richardson, Jason Isaacs, Richard T. Jones, Jack Noseworthy, whose name I saw in the opening credits and giggled a lot.
1: Noseworthy? (laughs) Yes. Isn't one of them named Pertwee or something like that? Uh,
0: Sean Pertwee.
1: Pertwee, yeah. Pertwee. As Smith, right?
0: Mm, Yes. Yeah.
1: I didn't put him on my list, but...
0: Um... Holly Chant. They don't even... Oh, yeah, they did. Just kidding. <laughs> it was... Noseworthy was Mr. Justin. I was like, they didn't even list Justin on here, but they sure did, actually. I just... Mr. Justin. Mr. Isn't that what they called him in the beginning? Come here. Baby Bear. Uh, yeah, he
2: is Mr. Justin.
0: He's Mr. Justin, and or Baby, baby Bear. bear. Yeah.
2: Or... Oh, yeah, he is Baby Bear. I just thought he was Justin. Baby... It would have
1: been cool if his last name was Case. Justin mm. Case. Mmm... Mm.
0: There was a made-for-TV Disney Channel movie, I think, that was called Just in Time. Gross. Or it might have been Just in Case. I don't know. It was. I think it was about racing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson and written by Philip Eisner.
2: Not to be confused with Wes Anderson, which would be a very different movie. Yeah. Or
1: Michael Eisner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is the ship on fire? Hmm, I guess it is. All right. Just <laughs> make sure you're aware.
0: And to the very brief uh, synopsis that IMDB has, a rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned with someone or something new on board. Uh, oh, no!
2: That could be the synopsis for just about anything, really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it sounds like it could have a birthday present on board.
0: Also, that's really... I mean, I guess they don't want to give away spoilers, but I feel like that synopsis is incredibly misleading in about 12 different ways. It's <laughs> also
1: not original in the least. No. Oh, we're going to talk
2: about misleading a little bit here.
0: Yeah. Um, also, this movie came out in 1997. i just going yes! to talk about that real quick. Uh, when did Jurassic Park come out? 1993?
1: Something like that, yeah. Early 90s. Huh.
0: For Sam Neill's character to have been on board the uh, Lois and Clark... In, what was it, Uh, 2047?
1: I believe so. Um,
0: (laughs) I didn't actually do the math. But he basically would have been born right after Jurassic Park was released.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Sam Neill, he's so awesome, that's probably what happened.
0: I mean, basically, Like,
1: he was born, and then, you know, went forward in time, and now he's back to do Jurassic Park.
0: Yes. Yep, 1993. Because Steven Spielberg
1: has the Neil Summoning Stone. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's complicated, but that's how it works
0: So, you have some actor relations over there? I do,
1: I got some biz uh, Yeah, it does star the guy from Jurassic Park mm. <laughs> um, Do I really need to go into anything else he's been in? The list I mean, goes on No But I will say this He was old Mr. McGregor from the new Peter Rabbit Huh I didn't know that and I hated that movie, but now I kind of like it, because I know that.
0: <laughs> hmm. I have the books, I haven't seen I'm the movie. guessing
2: it was animated, otherwise you would have seen it and been like, hey, that's that guy from Jurassic Park. It was computer animated, uh, the
1: rabbits were and shit, computer but the animated? people were real. Hmm. But he had like a giant nope. white beard on, and like moles, and like old man splotches, you know what I mean?
0: I doubt that I would be able to watch that movie. I have a really hard time whenever my medias mixed. Like, I can't watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit.
1: It has Sam Neill in it!
0: I, it doesn't matter. I... It literally doesn't matter.
1: I'm so angry right
0: now. <laughs> I have to fast forward through the part in Mary Poppins with the penguins. Like, I can't do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's Sam Neill. He, he's just been so many things. And I saw a picture of him nowadays. He is getting older. He is a quite a good looking older man he sure is i must say
2: yeah i actually most recently saw him in uh the show peaky blinders where he plays a kind of uh get it done by any means police detective Ooh. from like the 19 i want to say it's like the 1920s might be 1910 maybe even a little earlier i'm not great with times yeah he's uh, he's pretty badass cool he is
0: 72 years old Ooh, i mercy. just i needed to look that up really quick
1: boy why do british actors get so old I mean, I guess not all of them do, but It's all the
0: tea that they drink. It,
1: I think it is.
0: Um, yes. Also, he was born in Northern Ireland and moved to New Zealand in 1954, so he's not even from England. Wait, where is he from? He was born in Northern Ireland and currently lives in New Zealand. Huh. He moved to New Zealand when he was six years old.
1: Dear Sam Neill, thank you for doing Jurassic Park. Yes. And living wherever you did that made that happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously.
1: And if you lived in New Zealand, you should have been the Lord of the Fucking Rings.
0: I demand it. I b-
1: would have been a
2: very different Elrond.
0: <laughs>
1: they need to. Re- that would
0: have been so cool. Look,
1: I don't want to jump to any conclusions here.
2: The point is that when you meet orcs, you are alive when they start eating you.
0: You know, he's one of those actors that just gets better with age. Like, he. Oh, he does. I he's think like he's a good m-
1: bourbon or something. Yeah, he's more
0: attractive now than he was in 1993. <laughs> Although, this mustache is not doing anything for him. <laughs>
1: like Tom Selleck, but
0: There's more a photo mild. of him audience on Oregon Wine Press, if you want to look it up, and he has the most ridiculous fucking mustache that I've ever seen. I'm growing a mustache now. For some reason, it makes his chin disappear. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh, I'm boy. sorry.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's Sam Neill. We're going to spend most of the podcast talking about him, so... <laughs>
0: Do you even need to talk about any of the other actors?
2: <laughs> no, Not really, but I will.
0: <laughs> there, are, there are actually... I I knew that he was in this movie because Vic had talked to me about it before. But I had no idea that Jason Isaacs and Lawrence Fishbur- Fishburne were also in this movie. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so Lawrence Fishburne. I'm pretty sure everybody knows him too. His list goes on and on and on as well. Uh, but he played Captain Miller Well, Sam Neill played Dr. Weir Let I me mean, mention that yes. first uh, Lawrence Fishburne played Captain Miller He was obviously Morpheus from the Matrix movies He has been in a ton of other stuff And he also played Dr. Ellis Cheever In a movie called Contagion Which I think we've discussed
2: Yes, we have
1: uh, Yeah It's kind of a scary movie about A virus that gets out of control And it just it's lethal Yes. Within a very short amount of time. Uh, And the world's just trying to catch up and and get it. Not yeah. It's a decent movie. Kathleen Quinlan played Peters. She was Ethel in The Hills Have Eyes.
0: (laughs) And Jessica
1: in the show Blue. Police show, right?
0: Mm, I've not seen
1: it. I haven't either, but I'm pretty sure it's about police.
2: (laughs) It's got blue in the titles, probably.
1: I have seen The Hills Have Eyes, though. The Hill has... Hills have eyes is That Hill I mean. has eyes Yes It was I right. Jolie Richardson Lieutenant Stark She was Charlotte In The Patriot She was also Lady Chatterley In Lady Chatterley mm-hmm. And Of course Jason Isaacs He played DJ He was Volmer In A Cure for Wellness Which I also want to see It didn't get good reviews But I Often disagree <laughs> Yeah Yeah <laughs> Uh, you're like, well, what movie? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why don't you just shut the fuck up? Seriously.
2: Just as a side note, I will watch anything with Jason Isaacs in it. Mm. I would too. That man is got a charisma about him that is more than just being attractive, but he's also that. He's just got this weird thing about him that I just really want to know what's going on in whatever role he's in. He's,
0: he's very was, mysterious and yeah. angry <laughs> looking. He was the very pompous, very delicious Lucius Malfoy and. The Harry Potter series. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. He somehow looks even more beautiful with platinum blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> he's a
1: very statuesque man. You know.
2: Chiseled almost.
1: Maybe he would lend me his nose at some point. <laughs> uh, he's also Tavington in The Patriot.
2: Oh, a lot oh of
1: Patriot that's people. right.
2: He does ride that line of he being a really charismatic good guy with a dark past or a total bastard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He does. And he does them all really well.
2: He does.
0: So, um, I don't know if you were about to get to Justin or not. I wasn't. You weren't going to talk about Justin at all? He's been
1: in a lot of stuff, too, but...
0: Can we talk about the fact that he kind of looks like the kid that plays Minkus in Boy Meets World?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would agree with that. I would also say he looks rather like Bon Jovi. A little! I was thinking he looks... Because I have him listed as not Bon Jovi. Not Bon Jovi. (laughs) Right. <laughs> Who and right after I watched this, I watched U five seven. I was gonna say U-5-7-1. just because 7-1. I love that movie and it has Bon Jovi in it, and it also has whoever played Justin in it. What's his name? Again?
2: Uh, noseworthy. Yes,
0: noseworthy. Jack Noseworthy.
1: <laughs> I'm looking at him like Bon Jovi. Not Bon Jovi.
2: <laughs> so he's noseworthy but not really noteworthy.
0: <laughs> hey! He yep. hasn't really been in anything that I recognize. Just start
1: rifling something off here.
0: Oh, right. Uh, Killing Kennedy.
1: Nope.
0: The Secret Life of Marilyn Monroe.
1: Nope.
0: Alive.
1: Nope. Wait. What was that? It was a
0: 1993 movie about a Uruguayan rugby team stranded in the snow-swept Andes, forced to use desperate measures to survive after a plane crash.
1: Oh, shit! I did see that! Oh, God. I didn't realize he was (laughs) in it. That movie's fucked up. Yeah.
0: Um... It seems like most recently he was in the it's... Hacks, um, which was a movie. Hang
1: on, pause. Sure. That alive movie. Yeah. I do recommend it. Okay. It's fucked up because it's. I'm pretty sure it's based off a real story. Yeah. yeah. Um, and
0: usually with those, like, they obviously amp stuff up, but as far as like the people who died and stuff, they generally keep that pretty spot on, and like those. Natural disaster slash plane crash Movies are always really terrible
1: Yes And what I thought was weird was In the beginning they had one of the Crash survivors Talking about their experience after they're older now And have survived Mm -hmm. But it was John Malkovich He was playing (laughs) One of the survivors Talking about the crash
0: Like documentary style?
1: Yes in the beginning and the end of the movie, like he's like reminiscing about it. I'm like, what? John Malkovich wasn't there.
2: Oh, no. Just a small side note in his career.
1: <laughs> I fucking love John Malkovich. Yeah, just
2: like when you whenever you see John Malkovich on screen, you're just waiting for him to go crazy. Yes. But I just could you imagine any show like Band of Brothers starting out with cameos of people that they're interviewing <laughs> instead of the actual people? <laughs> Why?
0: Um, in 1996, I need to note this real quick, he was in a movie starring Pamela Anderson called Barb Wire, uh, <laughs> that was an action movie. I bet it was. This during the second... American Civil War in 2017, Barb Wire owns a nightclub called the Hammerhead. Things become complicated when her ex lover, Axel Hood, who is married to the fugitive Karina Devonshire, re enters her life.
2: (laughs) There's a lot going on there. a lot lot
0: of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. (laughs)
1: That is is action-packed
0: sorry yes
2: sorry we're not even like halfway through the names yet uh, <laughs> oh god
1: all right now we have to go through every actor that was in every movie and talk about them yes
0: movie. so let's, buckle up let's talk about pamela anderson some more <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> was she in jurassic park
1: <laughs> yeah she was the uh, t-rex i think
2: Wow, well, that makes sense but...
0: oh jesus christ okay <laughs> Was that all of your I'm sorry was it, I kind of hijacked that for a few minutes. I'm sorry. Was that all of your actor relations?
1: But speaking of stuff that is set in the future that is now in the past, in the beginning of this movie, <laughs> they say in 2015 <laughs> there's the first permanent colony on the moon.
0: Oh uh, yeah. It it's didn't 2020 now. Yeah. <laughs> Although <laughs> the current presidential administration is working on a space force apparently. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> branch of the air force we
1: can call it star wars again
0: they also (laughs) hijacked the star trek logo for their (laughs) space force logo
2: (laughs) because designing stuff is hard
1: (laughs) you know damn well there's going to be a lot of nerds out there that'll join that shit because it has the star trek logo
2: absolutely we are also nerds
1: it'd be cool if like captain picard was in it somehow yeah. If they were like, hey, Patrick Stewart, like, you, like be a captain for real. And he'd be like, okay.
0: Actually go into space for a minute.
1: Yeah. Although he's like <laughs> 89 or something like that.
0: Something. Uh, So they start off and they, yeah, they go through all of that. Um, Preamble. Yeah, about how the event horizon ended up where it is. <clears throat> I got very confused in the beginning because I thought that they were doing flashback type shit. Because they start off with the ship being in disarray and, like, stuff floating through the, what do they call it, the hall? The, um, the big hallway. And, yes. um...
2: The hallway, if you will. The hallway.
0: <laughs> and then, and then they, they go to <clears throat> Sam Neil in...
1: Well, hang on. So... In the ship, it's supposed to be frozen, right? Mm -hmm. It's deep cold. Yes. That bottle of water was jiggling around.
0: (laughs) It was. That
1: pissed me off. Yeah.
0: Also, (laughs) if I had a giant anti-gravity chamber like that, I would just throw all my junk in there. (laughs) Like, that would become my junk room. (laughs) But, (laughs) yeah, then they jumped to Sam Neill in... Present day, but I guess the ship was also in present day, but I thought the Sam Neil thing was a flashback and I got very confused in the first five minutes of the
1: movie. <laughs> didn't know what was going on. We got to see him eating a bowl of cereal though. Did we? And that was like that was hot.
2: <laughs> yes. Getting out of his stark white bed in his stark white room. It was with his so white stark white clothes. Very white. Stark white lights.
1: One thing they do a lot in this movie is they, they didn't. Like quite jump scare it, but like when they open up like blinds or panels or whatever on ships, and it's like, Psh!
0: yeah, Psh!
1: yeah, and you're like,
0: wow. Obviously, this is the point where we're going to start getting into spoilers. But also, I am going to go ahead and tell you that you should not watch this movie if you are prone to motion sickness. I was getting a little bit dizzy during some of the scenes because there's a lot of weird camera work and spinning going on, and I felt a little nauseated. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know when this movie came out, and I was like, why does this feel like the 90s? Because the intro is full of synth, and (laughs) (laughs) the opening credits felt very 1990s to me. It was
1: the
2: 90s. Yeah, you kind of expect it to have like a a slow, somber tune, but instead it's like, and you're like, what
1: am I watching again? Football.
0: Back when they didn't know how to match the tone of the music to the movie, because they just wanted to use the synth, all the synth.
2: Yeah, yeah, I almost expected, like, the last song at the end of the movie to start with, like, a wow or something. And, like,
1: Yeah. <laughs> but here's a funny story. I watched this on VHS. That's the first thing I had it on. Uh-huh. And I rented it from Blockbuster. <laughs> and at the same time, our mutual friend Bubba lent me his copy of The Dark Crystal, right? And I had rented Event Horizon, mm-hmm. went to a friend's house, and they wanted to watch The Dark Crystal... Because I said I had it, because Bubba lent it to me. So I brought it over there, and it starts playing, and it's Event Horizon. I'm like, shit. So I run back to Blockbuster, re-rent Event Horizon, and there's the Dark Crystal. Got them <laughs> switched. It's all good. <laughs> Bubba got his copy, collector's copy, of the Dark Crystal back.
2: Yes.
0: They clearly <laughs> weren't checking those boxes very hard. didn't
1: fucking look. I mean, I didn't either, but...
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was Blockbuster.
1: They're just like, this is rewound, alright, and you don't have to pay <laughs> for
2: Um I actually also watched this on VHS, but I got it from my local library. We used to go there occasionally to pick out a book and a movie, and I just was like, Hey Dad, look, there's this movie that has the guy from Jurassic Park in it. And without <laughs> looking, he was like, Yeah, that's fine. So I rented this It's not fine incredibly <laughs> R rated movie. <laughs>
0: it's not fine and then
2: watched it on a day when most of everyone was out of the house and i didn't have the lights on and it was like just before dusk when i started the movie and i was so scared that i didn't want to move and by the time the movie was over it was dark and i still didn't want to move and i was scared and i think that was the last time in my life i felt fear (laughs) i was like nine
0: i watched this movie for the first time in 2020 on netflix (laughs) So, 23 years after it was released, I guess. <laughs> that's insane to me. I can't. It's that.
1: 23 years ago. Time and that's weird. within my lifetime.
0: Time Ugh. is so weird. It's
1: um,
2: within one of mine. I feel sick. That's
1: what it means to be getting old, I guess.
0: <sighs> this movie already gave me an existential crisis. I don't need another one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> moving, <laughs> moving
1: along. They, yes, they moving start along. by
0: talking, off, talking about a lot of astronaut jargon that. We don't understand. And then they bring...
1: And felt kind of forced. Yeah. A little bit.
0: And they bring Dr. Weir onto the ship. And then he talks about more jargon that they don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and it was at that point in this movie that I realized that Sam Neill had become Dr. Hammond.
1: <laughs> yes. It would have been extra funny if the black hole took them to Jurassic Park. <laughs> And that's what killed the rest of the crew.
2: I just imagine all of them getting warped out in front of the screen and saying, Ah, 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 you didn't say the magic word. (laughs) This is hell.
1: As he does explain, he built the Event Horizon. It's his ship. It's his baby. That's what caused him to have no time with his wife. And I guess that's why she... Uh, Did we talk about that yet?
2: We didn't talk about that yet, but... So his wife did they is
1: They talk about it yet at this point in the movie? No.
2: Okay. They
0: don't they talk didn't about it. Really talk about it at all? Well,
1: we find out what happened. We do eventually. In
0: the end. I actually made the inappropriate assumption that she was on the ship.
2: Was that and inappropriate?
0: That's... Like
2: I think that's what they want you to think.
0: I mean, hmm. I, I maybe they did. I just assumed that she was one of the crew members on the ship and that's why he was so intent on getting back there. But
1: no. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
1: yeah so he built it what it does essentially is uh well the event horizon went out what they were it was gonna jump to proxima centauri mm-hmm. and when it fired up its gravitational drive it disappeared for seven years which if it made it to proxima centauri how far it? that's the closest star to our solar system I and think. they
0: said that it would take like did they say a thousand years or 10,000 years? I wasn't listening. It would take
1: a thousand years, I guess, for the Lewis and Clark to get there. Yeah. So if a ship could jump that far away, I don't know how far it is, so don't quote me on this, listeners, but I know a light year is how far it takes or how long it takes light to travel a year. It's a distance. So if they got there and started radioing shit back, like, hey, we're seeing this. If it's a thousand light years away, It would take a thousand years for those radio transmissions to get to Earth. So you'd have no idea where it was or what it was doing until those got back to you. So seven years seems pretty short.
0: But sound and light don't travel at the same...
1: Radio waves travel at the speed of light.
2: Assuming that they're using radio waves.
0: This is 2047 or whatever they said it was. It
1: is. You know, like a radio telescope?
2: I think that you are looking at real science... In a movie that wants you to be confused by their fake science.
0: Uh, Dr. Weir uses a centerfold poster from uh, Maxim magazine to demonstrate his point.
1: Her name's uh, Vanessa. Vanessa. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, distance to Proxima Centauri, 4.243 light years. So, in theory, in four years they would have known that they had gotten there.
0: Yeah. So. Ish. Three years before they actually got this... Transmission,
1: but it'd be just faster if you can travel instantaneously to jump there, be like, Oh, there's some shit, jump back and be like, Hey, we saw this, jump back. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't think about that, but if you could travel that fast, you could essentially send a transmission and be back before your transmission was. Yeah, <laughs> you could be back to receive your own transmission.
1: I would totally <laughs> smash my bare ass <laughs> cheeks up against the window of the ship and then get back there and be like, ah, There it is. <laughs>
2: I think I would just have conversations with myself. You're looking great today. Oh, thanks.
0: So my first major question of the movie. Why wasn't he on the maiden voyage of the Event Horizon?
2: He's He's a scientist. scientist. He's way too valuable to be on the ship.
1: They talk about it in Jurassic Park 3.
0: Okay, but in Jurassic Park 1, Hammond was all up in there.
1: No, he wasn't.
0: He was never in danger. Okay.
1: Uh... But in Jurassic Park 3, Dr. Grant talks about there's astronomers and there's astronauts. Astronomers get to watch the stars. Astronauts get to go. So, so Dr. Weir, he's an astronomer
0: yeah, at this point. But like, I just feel like if you created this time machine, essentially, that you would want to be the person that was on it when it did things.
1: It's not a time machine.
2: I'm going to take issue with that, Max, and say... You can. That would have made the movie... You're
1: within punching range. That right, would have so you know.
2: made the movie um, better. However, I'm pretty sure the quote was, there are people, or kids who want to be paleontologists and kids who want to be astronauts. And when you become a paleontologist, then Billy, or whatever the kid's name was, the annoying kid, he finishes the quote and says, you don't get to go into space. Because he's trying to give a reason for Billy picking up the eggs because he wanted to have something real instead of dinosaur bones.
1: Yeah, he's talking about the difference between astronomers and astronauts.
2: Okay. Okay. I don't really remember that movie because it didn't make that much of an impact on me. I watched it for Sam Neill. So. Agreed. (laughs) Uh,
0: We're actually going to do a review of Jurassic Park. We are. The entire franchise. (laughs) (laughs) We could do Jurassic Park 1. It's a horror
2: movie, I think. Mm. Let's condense it. Awesome. (laughs) Decent. Meh. Eh. Ugh. That was my review of the entire Jurassic Park series.
1: Oh, movie by movie? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, Jurassic World can go stuff itself, but...
0: I actually really like Jurassic World because I like Chris Pratt.
1: Ugh. I like Chris Pratt. Whatever. It's okay. <laughs> Moving along here.
0: Let's just keep talking about Jurassic Park. <laughs> <World. laughs> I'm much uh, more invested in those movies anyway. I, uh,
1: don't get me started
2: because... <laughs> no okay moving on um I, uh, so i had a question sorry to interrupt you kitty but i had a question for max because i know we've talked about this before what movie do they rip that off from or what movie rips that off from this movie the whole describing a wormhole by folding a piece of paper over and then punching a hole through it i know it's happened and i thought it happened to the cigarette where they talk about like faster than light travel or a wormhole and how it works they fold the piece of paper over and i can't remember what it was But one of them, either they ripped it off from, or another movie rips it off from Event Horizon. And I can't remember which is which.
1: Mm, I have a vague memory of that too, but I don't remember what it was.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't remember that, but I felt that the whole description that he gave just then was nano-DNA description that John Hammond gives. And, like, so that's, I got vibes like that from it.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's... It's not just geniuses that are going to go see this movie. Like, idiots are allowed to see the movie, too. And I need <laughs> things explained to me.
1: Also, if you don't understand quantum physics, it doesn't make you an idiot. <laughs> no.
2: So if I go into this movie and they're like a wormhole, and I'm like, a what now? And they're like, this is how it works. And I'm like, oh, I appreciate that.
1: A what? A what now? A portal to where?
2: Why?
0: <laughs> the very last note that I took on this movie, because apparently I just gave up at some point, was when they started to hit, I guess, some turbulence whenever they were like, actually getting to the event horizon. What Was
2: that Neptune? Was and it
0: Neptune? Yes. Neptune. Neptune? Neptune? Neptune. Neptune? Neptune? Neptune.
2: Neptune. One of the seashells? I, <laughs> it doesn't know
1: anything about Poseidon or anything, so... <laughs> the uh,
0: the effects there were very good for 1997, but having seen this for the first time in 2020, they took me out of the movie a little bit, because it was a little bit hard. <laughs>
2: yes. Some of this animation did not age well.
0: <laughs> but... Uh, also, how in the hell were those lights around, like, that illuminated the name Event Horizon still functioning on the outside of that ship after seven years?
2: Well, we don't know that it's actually been seven years. Time might have worked differently in the reality they went to. It could have only been an hour or, you know, a couple days.
1: Yeah, it could have been
0: quicker than that. I guess.
1: Uh, Dr. Miller does. Where has it been for the last seven years?
2: Yes, that's our time, though. But it could be like, again, it could be like the Feywild. Dingle like. time. Yeah. Doppelganger time. Dingle my dingle.
0: <laughs> Sunny days are here to stay at Sunshine City Design Company. Taplin has a line of charming pins and stickers available for sale, including her sassy Fuck Diet Culture sticker. Go ahead and check her shop out on Etsy at etsy.com slash shop slash Co. Or you can find her on Instagram at Design. So, they I just, off- I just wanted
2: to say real quick that at one point, the crew's unreasonably mad with Sam Neill <laughs> because they have a job.
1: Yeah.
2: Like, because
0: they were supposed to be on leave.
2: Yeah, but it's not his fault. Like, maybe he pushed for it, but like, uh, like when it all comes down to it, I'm pretty sure the government is the one who ordered them to do it because they're a search and rescue team.
1: I believe they're the Air Force or whatever. Or, yeah, the whatever. Space
2: Force. The Space Air Force.
1: You don't get leave... Anywhere else but the military. I guess. Like, if that was Captain Miller's company, and they did that, they wouldn't be on leave.
0: Does NASA get leave?
1: Uh, I I believe a lot of those people are Air Force. I think you're right about that. Um,
0: But also... Some of them are civilian. After they created a colony on the moon, so who knows what kind of force they had at that point. Because it it would have to be international. Some of these people had British accents. So it couldn't be the Air Force. Like... It would well, have to be like Earth a right. national space force. United
2: force for good and justice.
1: I mean, Britain has an air force.
0: Yes, they do.
1: Anybody that has a few dollars in their national bank account has an air force.
0: <laughs>
2: do we have an air force?
0: Okay, real quick. Higher I just want to tell this story about <laughs> my about my absolutely ridiculous pop-up who was in the air force. And this was back before like they did super intense checks on people and stuff. For some reason, he couldn't join the Air Force in the United States, or he couldn't become a pilot in the United States, so he went to Canada and became a pilot and joined their Air Force and then changed to the U.S. Air Force, and he was still an American citizen. I don't know. I'm probably screwing this all up, but I don't understand how that worked. (laughs) I
2: feel like you just outed your grandfather. and then Also made fun of canada (laughs) all in the span of 10 seconds
0: this was back in like 1930 something it was (laughs) whenever he had just turned 17 and he wanted to be a pilot real fucking bad and so (laughs) yeah but then he was in the united states air force for freaking ever he retired from it so anyway
2: anyway so they're all really, really mad at Sam Neill. Whatever. I get it. Like, they're all, like, giving him shit and kind of treating him like shit. And at one point, somebody says something to Captain Miller about, you know, going on this call and whatever else. And he's, like, he looks just a little bit past the camera and says, when someone drops the ball, we get the call.
0: And all I could think of was him putting on a
2: pair of glasses and being like,
0: wow! <laughs> uh it was
2: probably one of the most 90s red pill and blue pill it
0: was training for his role on csi (laughs) it was one of the most
2: 90s things i've heard in a long time probably (laughs) since the 90s honestly but
0: or since the 2000s whenever csi did it for every single episode
2: but seriously it was amazing line don't change it (laughs) yes i just and i'd like to point out they get to the event horizon and get on board the search
1: party
0: They clamp on to what is not a load-bearing structure, and that cracked me up because I was like, okay, they're planning on getting this ship out of here. Why the fuck are they attaching to something that could potentially be important and break? Like, and I actually expected that to be some sort of foreshadowing to be more important later on. Like, it was an antenna for them to be able to talk to people, and it had no consequence whatsoever. They just attached to some not important piece of the ship. Yeah. <laughs> that they built for aesthetics, apparently. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd like to point out, when they're walking through there, there is a pair of vice grips floating around. <laughs> so glad those are still a thing in 2047. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh... And... Oh, Mister. Okay, so, yeah, they're walking around the ship, right, and it, it's kind of gloomy and cold and all that, and they have their magnetic boots on, and Mr. Justin goes into the core... I guess you'd call it.
0: During that entire investigative scene where they're kind of... Everybody splits up and they're all scoping out different parts. I, I've i been ruined by Haunting of Hill House because I was always looking in the background going, Is there a ghost there? <laughs> like, just trying to see if there was anything, like, behind somebody lurking the whole time.
2: That mirror is not going to be on the goddamn ship. <laughs> Stop looking for it.
1: <laughs> but... Yeah, he gets, and, and he he walks into the core, and you can see the, the magnetic rings spinning, right? And you hear that roaring noise that it makes. Yeah. It's ever so faint that first time. And that argh, gets me every time. That is a staple of a horror movie. You have to have a creepy sound that is repeated from time to time.
0: The so- sound didn't get to me that bad. And in fact, whenever they talked about it a little while later, I think it was Peters that hears it next. She's like, do you guys hear that? And I was like, what is she talking about? The pounding on the door? Like, (laughs) I didn't hear the (laughs) roar. At all. The whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) well, Never once.
1: (laughs) But so the core opens on its own. Mm -hmm. Magnetic rings align. What What it does is Dr. Weir explains the ship that he built. It creates its own black hole to teleport it instantly to wherever in the universe and this core now i realize it's 2047 like they probably have like i don't know (laughs) uh, magazines that shave your face and shit like that while you're reading them but this core opens and it's very bright at first and then it's very dark and gooey looking in the middle and justin puts his fucking hand in it why would you do that
0: it makes me think of this is a very eclectic reference. I mean not really. Lots of people watch it, but there's actually a part in Critical Role where they <laughs> they have oh, a ziggurat and they have this little black dot that one of the characters puts their hand into and if they had actually like failed their save, they would have got sucked into another realm and probably died, and that's what I imagined was happening to Justin as this thing was happening.
1: <laughs> Are you done? Yes. Are you done talking about Critical Role?
0: Uh no.
2: <laughs> okay also doesn't the same thing happen in the matrix doesn't he go oh that mirror fixed itself i better touch it and then it like shoots up his arm and that's when like he actually gets disengaged from the matrix
1: uh i don't think so, <laughs> go, back and, that so <laughs> go back and sounds so unfamiliar go back and watch
2: it it's right after he takes the blue pill and gets woken up from the matrix he's like sitting in his chair and morpheus is sitting across from him being all you know cool and whatever and Neo's, like, looking around the room, and there's a mirror to his right or left that's got a big crack in it. And as he's looking at it, the crack, like, sh- like comes together and fixes itself into one mirror. And, like, he's looking at it, and he's like, huh, and touches it. And then, like, when he pulls back, there's, like, liquid mirror on his hand, and it, like, moves up his arm.
0: I don't remember any of this. We just <laughs> guarantee it happened. We just watched this movie. I watched it for the first time a year ago, and I don't remember any of that.
2: What's the
1: actor's name that plays all around? Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving, yes. Sorry. I always forget it, even though I freaking love him. He's mostly why I watch The Matrix, so. (laughs) That's fair. Mm. All right. Uh, Yeah. We
0: got real off track. Oh, why are there... Hang
1: on a second. No, never mind. I'm sorry.
0: Why are there giant death spikes surrounding the core?
1: It's all very scientific. It's all very technical. It's a magnetic
2: field generator. (laughs) Keeps the unicorns out. Also, I kind of feel like there's a difference between wormhole black hole which is what he describes in the first place he says there's a wormhole that's created and then he says there's a black hole and i'm pretty sure this movie is the reason why i didn't know the difference for a long time (laughs) and thought that a black hole was literally a hole you could go through and not a spherical dot of force so intense that it will crush things down to their atoms
1: it's theorized black holes are the ends of wormholes well, that doesn't like, sound like fun at all. <laughs> well,
0: they
1: theorize that when you the, get shot out The the black hole is like the mouth and then there's another theory that says like somewhere in the universe there's a white hole that's attached <laughs> to that black hole. I'm serious. And stuff that gets sucked into the black hole gets shot out the white hole. Yeah. Okay,
0: then why haven't we ever seen a white hole?
1: We just saw a black hole. Like that was a huge thing. <laughs> they discovered they finally took a fucking picture of one. And now we have very reliable evidence that they're real.
0: Okay, but, like, we had known that they existed for a while, but we've never actually seen, like...
1: No, we didn't know they existed for a while.
2: They were theorized. It was a theory. Uh
1: And, And even now, we can't say for sure that they are real, but, like, that picture is very, very convincing evidence that they are, in
2: fact, real.
0: Did you see the room that they have the computers of the picture of that black hole on? Like... There are li- it's like the 1980s, they need so many computers to fit the picture of that black hole. Yeah. It's insane.
1: I forget how many radio telescopes they had to use to get that thing. But, so, I, I'm one of those people, like, I believe it. that is a picture of a black hole, they're real. But, as far as science goes, I think we can only say it is very uh, relative proof that they are there. Yeah. More, more reliable evidence of their existence. Okay. But okay. Einstein theorized they existed using math. He's like, according to math, this is what they would look like and what they are. And it turns out they really actually are a thing.
0: People who do math and get it blow my mind. Me
1: too.
2: People who do meth and get it blow my mind too.
0: (laughs) That's terrible.
2: You could do both, honestly. Uh, I
1: could be wrong about some of that shit I said too. I rescind my cynical
2: comment then about wormholes and black holes. So I guess maybe we're knew more what he was talking about. And listeners,
1: the... The ship is called the Event Horizon, and for those of you that don't know, at least I believe, if I have... I've studied black holes before just because they're super fucking cool. But the Event Horizon is supposedly the barrier uh, uh, between our universe and what's going on in the singularity of a black hole. Supposedly, inside of a black hole, um, you're not really free to move around in space, but time... Is irrelevant, and it's like it's kind of like the opposite of our universe. We can move through space, but time is immovable. So it, it the event horizon is like the shell that keeps the chaotic influence of the black hole inside, hmm. something like that.
0: Oof. We are forty five minutes into this podcast, and we are ten minutes into the movie. Fuck! Yeah,
1: we're gonna have to <laughs> chop a lot of this stuff out.
2: Yeah, we're gonna have to speed up a little too.
0: So, okay.
2: Ships logs are on CD. They keep sure are.
0: fucking. Yeah.
2: Compact disc. At that. Compact
0: disc. They keep fucking splitting the party, which drives me crazy. I understand that they need to get shit done, but they don't know what the fuck happened on this ship. They don't know if anybody's still in there. They can reasonably assume that there's nobody still in there. But they have this terrible event that happens. For Justin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank Justin you. that comes <laughs> Justin comes back out of the core and he's all the way fucked up. And And it
1: also fucked up Lewis and Clark.
0: Yes. And they're still like, okay, everybody split up and go on your own somewhere. No! (laughs) Jesus! So, (laughs) Peters goes to the infirmary with Justin, and I think that DJ was also there.
1: Yes, he's Mm. a doctor man.
0: Um, and... Doctor man! (laughs) Cooper and Smith are working on repairing shit. A
1: character from Interstellar. Hmm. Dr. Man. Yes.
0: Cooper and Smith are working on repairing shit, and Stark and Miller and Weir are off doing what the fuck ever.
2: I think Stark was trying to clean up the disc.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. No, that was Peters, wasn't it? That was trying to clean up the log
2: yeah she was asked to do something she says she's like looking into something or figuring things out
0: she was asked like in the very beginning of the movie to start cleaning up the log to figure out what the fuck happened and doesn't do any of that (laughs) and then halfway through the movie is finally like okay i guess i'll go work on that but i'm not going back to the infirmary i'm gonna go work on it like on the bridge or whatever
2: and for like That should be, like, really well trained and follow protocols and whatever. It does kind of seem like Captain Miller and maybe Stark are the only ones who really follow any kind of protocols. (laughs) Because even when they're told, like, you go with her. Like, you do this. They still leave each other constantly. Yeah. Like, they're still like, all right, job's done. I'm fucking out of here. And, like, they'll take off and the other person's, like, 20, 30 feet behind them. And they go around a corner and then that person's fucked. Like, it's not very buddy system-y. No. I
0: have
1: another complaint somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Now, after Justin gets spit out of the core yes. when that wave happens, hmm. it knocks Miller into the glass in the infirmary that he was in. Yeah. Yes. And he falls to the ground. Well, the floor. Okay. There was no gravity at that point.
2: Yeah.
1: So, what <laughs> did you do with that? It's kind of like they were like, oops.
2: Just thought it was supposed to happen that way. And yeah, the glass also falls to the ground, too. It does. It's like gravity was working in that scene.
0: In that one very particular part. It's almost like in. they
2: realized that animating glass breaking was going to cost them a third of the movie's budget <laughs> yeah. oh, God. but they still wouldn't have that scene because it was really cool
0: oh man
2: uh also i don't know when the sentence code black was uttered but that was something i wrote down and i just <laughs> i don't know why but some voice <laughs> in my mind went oh code black
1: <laughs> i must say yeah
2: just why not
1: it's code really a black code, I must say.
2: Code red, or, like, high alert, or danger, or, I don't know, just, I guess they wanted it to sound more spacey. Was
1: was it uttered by Captain Miller?
2: <laughs> what, maybe, actually. Was he
1: referring to his...
2: Now that I think about it. <laughs>
1: um, I think it may have been in reference to the core.
2: I think it's after the ship starts getting all fucked up. I think they're like, it's a code black, and, like, everyone's supposed to get off the ship or whatever, but, like...
1: I think Miller was like, nobody's allowed in the core.
2: Oh, that might have been what he said. Except Dr. Weir.
1: Which was the worst
0: person to be allowed let in the core.
1: Well, at that point,
0: we don't know. He's crazy nuts. And he wasn't, really. (laughs) He was getting there. (laughs) And he's following the ghost of his dead wife all over the place. I mean, she's not really a ghost. So, the basic premises of this... Premises? Premises?
2: Prometheus? Promasius. (laughs) Prometheus. Primani-
0: premise, <laughs> the the
1: Premise. thesis.
0: this is on dowels. <laughs> uh, the basic premise of this movie is that it's essentially rose red in space. And the house can read people. And the house, the, the ship can read people. Okay. And it shows them their fears and things that they regret and all of this bullshit.
1: Oh, my gosh. Any any evil entity like that would have a feast on me. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> uh,
0: I wonder what one thing it would latch on to. Like, I'm not going to have us sit here and spill our deepest, darkest secrets, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm just wondering what one thing it would latch on to for each of us. Like, I'm trying to think what one thing in my life was so horrible that an entity like that would be like, this is how I got her. Oh, it's
1: also, like, uh, Storm of the Century. He does that, too. Yeah. mm mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
1: Not John Lithgow. It's his actor's name. <laughs> Actually, it's Colm Fjord. <laughs> it's his name.
0: But... Yeah. So, people start seeing random shit. Peter sees her son, who she sees a video of in the beginning, and, like, he's clearly ill. Um, And then... We're seeing his dead wife, and Miller sees one of his crewmen who caught fire. In-
2: <laughs> Former crewman.
1: His crewman
0: caught fire?
2: Or
1: was trapped in a burning ship.
2: It just kind of make it sound like. Same thing. It's not untrue what you just said, <laughs> but. Spontaneously combusts.
1: <laughs> like, it'd be like if I was walking through your kitchen, I'm like, oh, I, th- I just caught fire, and like I'm burning.
0: Um, I want to see. Anti-gravity fire from his description of it. I don't well, know if that's cool. a real thing.
2: It would have to be, because like, what he's Anti-gravity saying... Anti-gravity
0: fire?
1: We're getting into realms of physics here. Because
0: that... <laughs> <laughs> he said that it rolls like waves over him. Yes. Zero
1: gravity fire perhaps.
2: Yes. But only if it was, had some kind of fuel source. So like, is it, was it leaking fuel that it was burning? Is that what he's saying?
1: Well, I think the oxygen was burning.
0: Just because you don't have gravity doesn't mean you don't have oxygen. Okay.
2: So it's a high enough oxygen content that it's just burning in the air. Like.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: None of these things are related at all. <laughs> just because you don't have gravity doesn't mean you don't have oxygen. Yeah, it's true, but.
0: <laughs> let's just keep talking about things that are scientific that we have no idea about.
1: But I feel like it would burn out that shit I was saying about the black hole. I'm pretty sure I'm right about that shit, but somebody's going to be like, excuse me, sir.
0: (laughs) No, I say stupid shit.
2: Okay, fine. (laughs) Um, We should stop talking about science because we are not
0: scientists. Well, it's already fucked.
1: So let's see here. What else doesn't... uh, Just because there's no hot dogs in the ship doesn't mean there's no ketchup. (laughs) Uh, What else about quantum physics?
0: Well, (laughs) he was making it sound like... Because there was no gravity, there was no oxygen, that there was no fuel source. But that's not true.
2: <laughs> oh, I feel like I didn't say that.
0: That's but... what it sounded like you were saying. Okay. Uh,
2: <laughs> Einstein's not around to
1: ask. No. And neither is fucking Stephen Hawking.
0: Oh, God damn which it. nobody
1: told me he fucking died. <laughs> I had to find out because I think I watched Futurama, the movie. Wait. I watched something that he was, like, animated in. And at the end of it, it was, like, Rip Stephen Hawking. And I'm like, the fuck? He died six months ago.
2: Yeah, I remember being there for that, actually. And
1: nobody... You guys know I don't watch
2: the news. (laughs) Yeah. I guess I just didn't want to talk about it.
0: He died, like, right before or right after his movie came out. The one that had Eddie Redmayne in it. Had Newt Scamander in it. Um
2: (laughs) So, they are on the ship. Stuff starts getting fucked. Uh, Code black... Maybe before, maybe after, not sure. But that means that the chip's fucked.
0: I Uh, gave up on taking notes so fucking uh,
2: early.
1: (laughs) At one point, Justin wakes up and wanders his ass into an airlock. He's closed the inner airlock.
0: And he's apparently in some sort of weird trance-like state.
1: Yes. And Stark calls Captain Miller, who was outside at the time, going, Justin's in an airlock, and then... They're trying to convince him to come back in sight. And I guess he's, yeah, like, possessed or something at that moment. And he hits the release for the outer airlock. Mm. So he's in trouble. Because <laughs> they, they did say they were in the upper ionosphere of Neptune. But I can't imagine it being much less hostile than just straight-up space. Yeah. There might be a little air pressure at that altitude, but it's still going to be cold as... Not hell, I guess. Cold as... <laughs> not hell and then i mean there's also not very much pressure at all and on top of that i'm pretty sure Neptune's not made of a lot of friendly gases so (laughs) justin is effectively launching himself out into the worst place you could be launched into yeah (laughs) and he does and it's very gruesome and miller gets himself positioned right there to smack him back into the ship and get him stabilized which they do but
0: what did you say to me right before it happened?
2: Um, I said that that was the scene that fucked me up the most from that movie when I was a kid. Just because the idea that your body could be taken over and walked into an airlock. And then he hits the button as he's in this weird trance-like possession state, whatever it is. He wakes up because there's alarms blaring. And he starts going like, where am I? What's going on? Like, get me out of here. Like, get me out. Oh, my God. Like," And starts freaking out. Like, that would be terrifying because not only do you realize that you're probably going to die you're going to die a horrible death you will feel (laughs) it and you have 30 seconds to roil in your own terror and fear and pain working into this or working up to this opening of these doors and the whole time it's going to be getting worse and worse over those 30 seconds until it gets to its apex when you are literally boiled from the inside out
1: Yeah, and it
2: is horrifying
0: real quick i'm a little bit frustrated about the fact yes the, so there's a 30 second delay and the 30 to second delay is to make sure that you both doors are not opened at the same time like, right. that is it's like prison you can't have more than one gate open at a time and so i get that what i don't get and what frustrates me the shit out of me
1: Go on.
0: is that he had no way to stop the outer door from opening from where he was. Like, oh fuck I made a mistake. Yeah. I need to stop this in the next 30 seconds. Like,
1: that's a good point.
0: (laughs) Why was there no safety net there?
1: (laughs) I would think if you hit that button it wouldn't just start to open the outer door either. It would be like, are you sure? Yes. Are you positive? Yes. Like, you have to go through like (laughs) Ten different questions,
0: <laughs> like deleting a file on Windows. Yeah. Like you know, <laughs> I don't understand, and I mean, yeah, I like Shift's not
1: just... gonna be like, okay, opening the outer door. Like <laughs> we're all gonna die. I guess. Like, like, cool.
0: Like, what if you go to open that door and you realize that there's a part of your suit that didn't fasten properly or something? Like, right. you gotta be able to get back in, and so that's super frustrating
2: for me. And that's just bad writing. But they say at one point about him initiating the override, and either a They meant for them not to be able to open the doors, or they meant for exactly what happened, where he wasn't able to stop it. But an override technically means that you supersede whatever kind of security protocols are in place. So, for example, he could make sure that they wouldn't be able to get into him. But that doesn't mean that he would... Like, you can't just enter in a code to then lock everyone, including yourself, out of a system. Yeah. Like, it's not an override to shut everyone out and fuck everyone, an override is like maybe going past certain security protocols that are already in place, but they're not going to stop you from being so able to. Yeah, that would have been amazing. <laughs> I can't. The security protocols have been overridden. Ah, ah, <laughs> ah. God damn it,
1: please. <laughs> Got to go through the two million lines of code.
0: Oh, God. Oh, one of the things that bugged me about this movie, too, was the fact that. They were just allowed to smoke cigarettes up there? <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure that astronauts aren't allowed to be smokers, if I'm remembering correctly. Like, I think that's one of the, like, protocol for them is that they can't smoke cigarettes.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to smoke in space. Pretty now, I know sure. it's 2047, but...
2: It's an oxygen-rich environment. <laughs>
0: yeah. Jesus Christ. Um,
2: Am I not wrong, though, with the oxygen would burn in a flash? Like, it'd be very quick.
1: It would be very quick. I don't know exactly how they handle the atmosphere on a spaceship either. Like, if they mix it to its, like, normal Earth atmosphere, like, if there's nitrogen and shit added to it. Because, like, Mm -hmm. I think our atmosphere is mostly nitrogen. Wait. Yeah. Some carbon dioxide. (laughs) I think it's mostly nitrogen. And, like, the oxygen content's, like, less than 20%, I think.
2: Yeah. I remember reading at one point that the air that we take in that keeps us alive also kills us a little bit at a time.
1: So does everything.
2: Well. No.
1: I ate a bunch of bread and butter pickles tonight.
2: <laughs> mm. That's
1: time off my life.
2: <laughs> Actually it might help extend your life by slowly pickling you. <laughs> it doesn't work on a living organism.
1: <laughs> um, he Almost barely survives.
0: Yeah. He's he's not gonna be pretty, but he'll be alive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> As DJ put it. I th- think it's around this point Doctor Weir starts to flip.
0: Yeah, he, he went weird. into the tunnel and saw, and you heard the thing
1: go.
2: Roar! Yeah,
0: right? I didn't hear shit. <laughs> Whatever, kidding. <laughs> I literally, like they kept going. You heard it, right? And I'm like, no, the- I don't know what they're talking about.
1: <laughs> it, it is. I, I am positive it's just a recorded lion's roar that they've played. Yes, yeah, to
2: maybe toned down or maybe even in reverse. But what? I wanted to say when he's in that tunnel and he's working on the ship and he's like. It's probably just a bad capacitor or something. And then goes in and like pulls out like a main board from a computer from like 1998. Let me stop you. Sure.
1: He said it's probably a short in the failsafe. That's right.
2: A short in the failsafe. And that's exactly what it
1: right. is. This is Dr. Weir's science.
2: And he pulls out one panel where this short in the failsafe just happens to be. And it's literally like a break in a capacitor on the main board of like a CPU from... <laughs> 1998.
0: And it's sparking (laughs) all over the place. Yeah. Uh, And that's where he sees Blair? Claire? Claire. Okay. His wife. Claire. Um, Because he's
1: British. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Irish. Sorry. Brirish. He's Byrish.
0: You know, he said a couple things during the movie, and I was like, is he actually Irish? But then he would say other things. I'm like, no, he's totally British. The entire movie, I kept going back and forth on it, but he was raised in freaking New Zealand. So, who knows? New Zealand. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he, So was Reese Darby.
0: And it was during this time, <laughs> right? So, he goes in there and sees Claire, and at that point, Miller sees his dead comrade who was burning alive. man
1: who had caught on fire sorry no it's fine but i like to say
2: burning man
0: and then he goes and he tells
2: burning man burning man but also burning man
1: well that too
0: he goes and tells dj or smith one of the two <clears throat> one of the two white guys on the ship i can't remember he right told dj he did okay. tell dj um, one of the two
1: white guys <laughs>
0: <laughs> they both okay let's see I couldn't remember.
1: <laughs> there's dj there's smith there's uh dr weir <laughs> there's uh <laughs> Mr. Justin. I think there's only two black guys.
0: Okay, I guess Cooper that's fair. and Miller. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Cooper,
1: which we haven't talked about Cooper yet.
0: Cooper flipping out on Weir was probably my favorite part of the movie.
1: Because <laughs> yeah. for so some good. reason Captain Miller's like, you know, Cooper! And he's like, Sorry?
0: <laughs> Scalding him. Like we scold our dog <laughs> when he's being a little yeah. bit annoying. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> Because Cooper is just
1: trying to tell him, oh, because he went after Mr. Justin when he yeah. got sucked in the core.
0: And he saw, he pulled him out of there, and we yeah. like, there's no way he was in there. And
1: like, Dr. Weir's like, I think you're delusional, if you don't yeah. mind me saying. And I'm like, what a
0: fucking prick. Oh my brick. god. Yeah. <laughs> Don't touch... That is so condescending. It is. That was yeah. the most condescending thing that happened in the entire movie, and there was a lot of condescending shit. And he... Yeah, he just gently touches his arm like, you're delusional.
2: If you don't mind me saying. <laughs> you have too many he teeth. If you don't mind my saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I do fucking mind.
1: I understand. Dr. Weir is a scientist. He's a scientist, a scientist, a scientist.
0: He's not a psychiatrist.
1: He's not, but... <laughs> Like, even at this point, he's not believing in this stuff because there's no scientific explanation for Mm. it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He can't observe it and record it. You know what I mean?
2: And he does try to come up with scientific bullshit, scientific explanations for everything. And I think that's one of the things that Cooper says. He says about, like, light reflecting and how it could create... Uh, a dome-like effect because of magnetic fields, and he's like, "Oh, that's fucking poetic." Where'd you come up with that? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: that's and what he's like. Oh, And He's like, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he said that
0: that could explain the. It's funny because we actually have a friend whose dog is whose dog's name is Cooper, and she yells at him the same way. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> uh, I distracted myself from my own train of. Oh, he he gave an explanation that he said could explain both Justin's condition and the explosion that affected the Lewis and Clark and he witnessed that issue with the Lewis and Clark and he still for some reason didn't believe it
1: he was in the Lewis and Clark yes
0: when it all when went an yeah. yeah and he still for some reason didn't believe that this was he's like it's he said possible but a, i doubt if, that it happened what did
1: he say if a blast of Gravitons or gravity waves or something hmm. escape the core it could account for all this yeah but it's just not possible,
2: sir It wouldn't just turn itself on that yeah. would mean it was some kind of ghost ship) <laughs> <laughs>
0: This episode of Hounds of Horror was brought to you by Bumblebee Decor. Bumblebee Decor is an Etsy shop that provides many different customizable items ranging from drink koozies to Christmas ornaments. Jordan also has an adorable line of Harry Potter makeup brush holders. Just go to Etsy.com Bumblebee Decor. That's Etsy.com Bumble, the letter B, Decor. And buy one for the Harry Potter fan in your life today. Oh, no.
2: Also, right around here, I don't remember exactly when it was, and this is when I said about Jason Isaacs. They have this confrontation where Smith tries to beat on Weir, rightfully so, because he's giving all these bullshit explanations and, like, condescending to everyone and and minimizing everyone's feelings. Well,
1: Smith goes, I don't know about all that science stuff, but I can tell you this. This ship is fucked. Yeah. And Weir's like, "Oh, thank you very much for that scientific opinion. And that's what kind of started the fight.
2: So there's a point where I kind of feel like DJ might have some, like, serious PTSD or something, because he pulls a scalpel on Smith and puts it to his throat, and either they were trying to say that he was, like, freaked out too, or that he was being, like, slowly corrupted by the ship, or that he just had some PTSD, but, like, he looks horrified at himself
0: because he he has a scalpel
2: to his throat, and they're like, he's like, DJ, and, like, he shows, like, the... he does... (laughs) <laughs> the, like, no, don't do that symbol though, when you don't want to tell someone without actually speaking. Like, he's like, uh-uh.
1: The no, don't do that symbol is also the same symbol for, for kill them. Yeah. And I was like, no, stuff. dude. No, no, no,
2: no. <laughs> that's not... You don't want to be doing any of that right now. But, like, he looks down at the scalpel, and, like, he drops it and, like, lets go of him. Like, he's freaked out with himself. And I was like, that's really interesting. Like, I want to know more about this character. But I just... I, I really like that moment, and I wanted to know more. Like, is he is he being corrupted by the ship? Is he just so freaked out that he he almost killed someone or, like, threatened to kill them to calm them down? Or was he just, like, did he have some pretty serious PTSD? Either way, I'm i I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, I'm here for you. and
0: they didn't really go into any more detail about it. And it nope. was kind of a bummer.
2: No, they didn't. I would have
0: watched an extra cool. ten minutes of the movie to see a backstory on DJ. Uh,
1: me too. Only DJ. Only DJ. But it would have been cool if the blind man had walked around at some point there and, and like... Once you give up believing in God, <laughs> you
0: can do anything. Oh, uh, so a bunch of shit happens. What's her name? Peters.
2: That's the one. Peters. Peters. Um, I had a
0: 50-50 chance that I got it right.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's true. There really is only two women. Um, <clears throat> so Peters is all like, is that my kid? And then she looks up and she's like, I think that is my kid. And turns around and goes back into the core.
0: After they had just got. It's
2: code black. Can't go into that core.
1: Can I say, Smith was one of the more convincing actors in this movie. Because, mm. are we talking about yeah when she sees her son and goes uh-huh. after him? Because mm-hmm. right before that, they're pulling out the CO scrubbers, or yeah. CO2 scrubbers, to try and take back to Lewis and Clark to mm-hmm. get the hell out of there.
0: And she said they needed 25.
1: <laughs> and he's like, can we please just go? This place is seriously freaking me out she's like, oh, you want to breathe on the way back? He's like, well, I don't. I want to go. And I'm like, I like Smith. Like, I don't know. He just wants to fucking leave and he doesn't care about anything else.
2: Which, also, couldn't you just throw somebody in stasis early and then only need 24 scrubbers? I
1: don't know. That is some sci-fi nonsense. Well, that's (laughs)
0: actually what I thought, too, because she she dies. Um, And... I'm like, well, I don't think they need all 25 anymore. And like, that was my first thought whenever she
1: yeah. got killed. Dude, that was—it's a scary movie. Cause she sees her son, and he's over there, smiling at her. And she smiles, and she takes that step, and just straight down, what, like 30 feet.
2: Yeah, crashing is.
1: into everything on the way down. Good yeah. job with
2: those physics, but for a split second, and if you go back and you pause the frame for a split second, there's a flash where she sees she sees her own death. Just for that she split did. second. She
0: keeps walking.
2: Yeah, and oh, not and looking had, down.
0: They had already seen... So she had finally got the footage from the original um, oh, yeah. crew, but because she was the one that was doing all of that, and saw all the crazy weird bullshit that happened to them, and that's crazy when they decided, Okay, bullshit. we need to go. And...
1: It is horrible. Like, the crew is just yeah. killing each other, like... And, like... If you pause... Don't... Whatever. Don't pause don't through do those scenes. because not any did. of
0: that. And
1: I got to see everything, even just, like, one frame of shit, and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah.
0: No. It was absolutely horrific. And so that's when they're like, okay, we're fucking leaving. And that's when Dr. Weir starts, like, pulling the crazy and going, we're not going anywhere. And, like... <laughs> she won't let us leave. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: the fuck happened to your eyes? Evil laugh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um, that was before he lost his eyeballs. Just uh, before he lost his eyeballs. Just before he lost his eyeballs. He didn't lose them. They were. He, he
1: probably put them in his pocket.
0: Yeah, possibly. Mm.
1: <laughs> Might need them later. But, okay, so even at this point, he was still kind of human. Because he runs back to the core, like, I'm not leaving my ship. then he sees Peters laying there, and he's like, oh, Peters. God. Yeah, like, he, he didn't Justin, want that to happen. Like, yeah. Justin
0: really wanted to get out of there, obviously, but he just fucking left her. Like, yeah, <laughs> knowing that she had more than half the cores with her, or the CO2 scrubbers with her, he just fucking took off. You but mean like, Smith? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That was ridiculous. But yeah, he, he did. He had that human, uh, weir had that human moment where he was like, ah, Peters, and then his wife was like, eh. And I think that's where we finally get to see what happened to her.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe so. Because, yeah, he's laying, like, kneeling on the floor like, I'm so alone. Yeah. And she's like, I forget what she says.
0: You can stay with me forever. Yeah. And.
1: I'll show you things or something. Yeah. And,
0: and he, he gouges like,
1: out his own eyeballs. Because
0: he had to relive her killing herself
1: hmm.
0: while he was gone, apparently. Where was he?
1: He was working on the event horizon.
0: Okay, All apparently,
1: right. it pissed her off so much that he spent more time with his ship than he did with her. So she killed herself. Yes, like a psycho bitch.
0: At least I'm not that dramatic. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: Also, I just want to say, if you're having thoughts of self-harm, you should definitely talk to someone. It's not something you should try to deal with on your own. It's super important. And it's not
1: funny. It's all professional. It's
2: Yes, it's a big deal. We've all been there. It's rough. But if you feel like someone isn't giving you the time of day and you think that harming yourself will make that change, that's not a good way to go about it. And if somebody's working on a spaceship, it's probably not a situation you want to be in. No.
1: All right. I I don't get it. But I guess it doesn't matter. No. Because that's just the way it is for the movie.
2: Yeah. Oh, tasteful nudity just because she was like it was a bath scene and it like it wasn't gratuitous it wasn't like you know let's have a sex scene because we gotta have one it's a 90s movie like it was yes there was nudity and i didn't feel like it was really unnecessary it was not
1: gratuitous
2: no it was not like over the top it was just as little as it it had to be and it just was because she was in the bath when it happened and that's all
0: i
1: guess so But I do believe the next person to die is Smith. Uh,
0: Mm, Was it Smith or was it DJ?
1: It was Smith. Uh, I believe it was Smith. Yes, because...
0: Mm, Yep.
1: Yep. Smith is trying to get the Lewis and Clark ready to go. Like, he's ready to get the hell out of there. Mm -hmm.
0: Cooper finally got it finished on the outside. He was doing the welding on the outside to make sure that it wasn't leaking anymore.
1: And... uh, Mm -hmm. Smith sees Dr. Weir leaving the Lewis and Clark, and he's like, Dr. Weir, get your ass back in here! We're leaving! Get in here! And then, uh, he calls... Miller calls him, and he's like, Hey, he put a bomb on Lewis and Clark. You have to get out of there. And Smith's like, No, 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 I just fixed it. And he finally finds it. I guess it's in his little Backpack. cubby. Yeah. yeah. And he opens the plate on it, and there's like four seconds left on the timer. Yeah. And he just... Closes his eyes like, nope.
0: It starts to cry a little bit. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> um,
2: Again. And
1: then Cooper gets blasted into space. And no
2: he didn't way. And
0: get to see Weir's face either. He did. With his eyeballs. He did.
2: But there's no way to disarm these bombs that literally their only use is in an emergency to blow up part of the ship. To blow the aft away from the... What's the front part of the ship called?
1: The bow. The we'll yeah. starboard? The four deck, maybe. The sure, fort? yeah. I think he does actually foredeck, the four deck.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> the party deck. The poop deck. So this long corridor is supposed to be blown apart by explosives because it's the future and like <laughs> that's their failsafe plan. There's no like, you know, retaining bolt they can just whatever. But these so that's their job. It's not like they're explosives meant to set a trap for someone and they're supposed to be, like, once they're armed, they're not able to be disarmed because they're going to be like a landmine. They're literally for utility only. They're not meant to kill people, yet there's no way to disarm them in an emergency, like a button you can push or something.
1: Again, you'd think on the spaceship.
2: (laughs) You would think.
0: In the year 2047. (laughs) It'd be
1: like, do you want to set off this bomb? Yes. Do you really want to set it off? Yes. (laughs) And, like, if you changed your mind at all... Like, you just had to touch the thing, and it would stop the countdown yes. anywhere.
2: Like Hit this red button if you want to stop immediately. Like, yeah. oh,
0: this human is touching it. There is heat attached to this. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I'm not going to blow up anymore. Yeah. That. Uh, but it doesn't fine. work
1: that way for the movie, because no. that would be boring. Yes.
0: And, and Justin dies. And No.
1: Cooper, or Smith dies.
0: Why do I keep saying... I, everybody's Justin. Just
1: this. Justin is <laughs> fucked up, and he's in the back Cooper, of the Cooper, Smith, Miller, Stark, <laughs> <laughs> weird, die.
0: Justin. Justin. <laughs> just um cooper yes gets blown out into space and that okay all the scenes with cooper are probably my favorite and there are not enough of them
2: yeah they kind of got rid of the co of (laughs) relief
0: i need more (laughs) (laughs) give me more cooper but his
1: were some of the ones i disagreed with the most i mean well
0: how how do i get back how do i get back i'm gonna release my oxygen and like (laughs) jetpack my way (laughs) back to the ship and he was so far
1: away He couldn't even see the event horizon anymore. I don't know what his spacesuit was equipped with. He was obviously, like, jury-rigging it so that it would just shoot him there. Yeah. But I would argue, if you're in a spacesuit and you can't see the ship anymore,
2: you're not fucking getting back. No. (laughs) The amount of time it would take for you to get there and the trajectory that you would have to be pinpoint accurate with. And I'm pretty sure... Was he out of the atmosphere at that point? Would he have to re-enter atmosphere? He I was, think he was pretty far away. He was pretty far out. So, like... Now, the ship was in the upper ionosphere. The, still, there's a lot of shit you got to go through to get back. Not to mention the fact that it's probably going to take, at that point, I don't know, even with the speed that you're going, like, 30, 40 minutes? It took the Lewis and Clark... Well, it didn't take them that long to get
1: there.
0: 72 days.
2: Well, not that far. Not
1: from oh. Earth. No. Uh, but, like, when they when they came out of hyperdrive or whatever... I think it was, like, a two-hour trip for them to get to the ship. And that was with a ship that does all the calculations and has, like, radars and shit. Cooper in his fucking spacesuit ain't never getting back to the event horizon. And in case you didn't figure it out, listeners, he gets back to the event horizon. Um,
0: (laughs) At just the wrong fucking time. I just need to bring up, so they have this time limit of... 20 hours, I think, at the beginning. Where, like, they need to be done in 20 hours or else there's not going to be breathable oxygen. It's all going to be toxic levels of CO2. Did anybody else feel like they were just wasting a bunch of fucking time during that 20 hours? Because the next thing you know, they're like, we have two hours until we need to be gone. (laughs) And I'm like... What did you do for the last 18 hours? How are none of you dead from exhaustion? What is happening here? (laughs) It was so bizarre and weird. And, like, I felt like they just put a really arbitrary number on it because there needed to be some sense of urgency. Yes.
2: Yeah, it was. And also...
1: Cooper and Smith were working on the ship. Yes. Lewis and Clark. But what everybody else was doing, I'm not
2: sure. So, if we're talking about these oxygen scrubbers... Scrubbers. So, we're talking about these oxygen scrubbers and... They take them off the Lewis and Clark to put them on the Event Horizon so that they have breathable air. Yeah. But they only have enough because they have, the, the Lewis and Clark is obviously a much smaller ship than the Event Horizon, so they only have enough oxygen scrubbers to give them oxygen for 24 hours. How? How does that work? What are they going to do then? Because at the end, or middle, whatever we were talking about a minute ago, they're pulling these oxygen scrubbers out, and he's looking at them and going, spent, and he's throwing it and going, spent, and they're like, we only need 25. He's
1: saying Shot.
2: Shot. Hole in one, and he throws it away. And he's like, grand slam, and throws it away. Are they, like, a filter? Are they exhaustible? I don't know. <laughs> wow. Okay.
1: Cause... I do know they they make CO2 scrubbers, like, you can put in your house. Yes. I don't know how they work, though.
2: They're little, little Mr. Clean guys in there like that they, they scrub them as they go through. Some
1: kind of, like, I don't know, some kind of, uh, you know.
2: Scrubber for <clears throat> CO2.
1: Exactly. <laughs> But I don't know that the CO2 like clings to whatever the material the filters made of and it just
2: I I don't know. But I just thought it was weird that they're like they're I guess it's just bad writing and it's like Kitty was saying about it being arbitrary time limit to give it a sense of urgency but like they say about 20 hours and then they're also going to put these back in the other ship and somehow it's still going to work and give them breathable air but they're also exhaustible so like what the fuck is going on?
0: And honestly like they didn't even really need to do that. Because the amount of time that it took Cooper, to f- Cooper and Smith to fix the ship was apparently the amount of time that the Event Horizon needed to corrupt enough people that it fucked everybody over. <laughs> so that 20 hours thing didn't really matter.
2: Yeah. Uh, it it just... But
0: maybe they just needed someplace to put Cooper because they didn't want comic relief for the entire movie.
1: Maybe. I think part <laughs> of it also was when the Lewis and Clark ruptured I think that took up a lot of the air they had left. Oh,
2: that's a good for point. their return trip. It's a good point.
1: So, I think that's that's part of the 20 hours thing.
0: Mm, okay. All right. Then- okay, so then DJ dies. He gets yeah. all cut open and disembowelled and shit. I was yeah. really
2: disappointed with that death cuz it was really just it was almost like it was intended to be funny cuz Miller's like don't trust Weir like you see him take him out and DJ being like kind of shady almost roguish military type is like, don't worry. And, like, picks up a blade and immediately turns around. And it's almost like, eh, I gotcha. Like, he immediately (laughs)
1: turns around. Sam Neill was very scary. Yeah. He smiled and it was like, oh.
2: And is now, like, apparently has demonic strength i guess
0: superhuman strength and throws him under the table rips his shirt open and there's a big old scar there yeah so clearly dj had some sort of physical trauma done to him at some point our dog is snoring and i'm so sorry if you can hear that on the microphone but he's so cute so i'm not gonna wake him up yeah um not that cute
2: (laughs) but yeah there's just more (laughs) of this shady (laughs) backstory because like they he rips open the shirt and you're like he's got a really really long fucking scar Going from and maybe that's I don't know maybe that's a from real like, actor neck
0: to navel who knows super long yeah
2: it was almost like a um an autopsy scar like it was fucking like they split his ribcage open so yeah just like more hints to this character that, like wonder if they had more to him but nope he just gets like butterflied above the table split <laughs> <He> looks, open
0: <laughs> looks like a frog dissection from biology class. Oh. <laughs> like, they paint him up to the yeah. ceiling and, like, yeah. all of his innards are just laying on the table. Yeah. And freaking Miller is just, like, a hair too late for both... Not Justin. Smith and DJ. He yep. Like, and that... He goes into this whole thing in the beginning of... Not in the beginning, but whenever he's talking to DJ, after he sees the Burning Man, he goes into this... I had to leave a man behind one time, and I'm not doing that again. And so it, the ship is, like, clearly feeding on his insecurities with potentially losing another man. His
1: no-leaving-behindery?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no spaceman left behind?
1: Yeah. So he is too late, but he grabs uh, the same, like, rivet gun that Cooper was using to fix the hull in the Lewis and Clark... And he's going to use it like a big old pistol.
0: Okay, it mm-hmm. looked like a paintball gun, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, it was shooting... Uh, what are they Like, harpoons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically.
1: <laughs> Which... Eh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you do emergency hall repair in space, but... Mm. It's not unreasonable, I guess, like if, you have, uh, like if it shoots in like to pin the metal to it. I guess. Yeah. But... but
0: it, yeah, and... Weir gets a hold of it eventually.
1: Hang on now. Okay. Jeez. Skippies.
0: Okay, we were trying to speed it up, sorry. Well,
1: yeah, but I want to talk about these.
0: Okay, well, let's talk about it real quick.
1: So, um, yeah, he makes it to the bridge with his pistol and puts it down. Or he can't really. see it. And Stark is laying on the floor, unconscious. She's been bonked in the noggin. And he pulls out a little, like a smelling salt thing from his med kit. Mm-hmm. And I happened to find some uh, that expired in 1983.
0: Jesus Christ! Before I was born.
1: So, before the movie was made. <laughs> yes. <laughs> These are older than the movie by 14 years. Oh yeah. God! Uh, so I was gonna try one here on the podcast and see what happened.
0: He's gonna eat it. I'm just kidding. He's not gonna. Eat <laughs> no, no,
2: don't do that.
1: But He's- I am gonna try and smell it. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Unless somebody was gonna talk me out of it.
0: Why would we do that? I
1: don't know. Can't be that bad, right?
0: Probably not. I'm sure, it's fine.
1: Fuck me! Fuck me! It's bad! It's so bad! Oh my god! I thought I was gonna pass out.
0: That's just the opposite.
1: <laughs> oh! <laughs>
0: I wanted to do it, but now you're about to throw up, and I'm not going to do that because I will throw
2: up. It's so bad. Oh, Oh, I can smell it. The poor dog. I can smell it from here. Okay, I'm going to go throw this outside. (laughs) Oh my God. Holy Christ. Oh man.
0: Calcifer, Calcifer. Don't do it it again. Don't do
2: it again.
1: It's so bad. It's so bad. It's so horrible.
0: Calcifer, why do you want that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't smell anything. Good. Good. What does it smell like? (laughs)
2: <laughs> kind of like stink bugs, <laughs> But like a hundred thousand times more intense.
0: I wonder if the... Oh. Them being past expiration...
2: That probably would have woken you up if you were passed out. Oh my god, probably. <laughs> or
0: knocked you out if you were woken up. I,
2: I did have Lay like down. a real moment of,
1: what do you call it, like vertigo, I guess, or... <laughs>
2: Fuck me! That was bad. Oh, I smelled it from like six inches away, and it hurt.
1: My are clearing out, though. All <laughs> better.
2: It's good that you had that idea and that thought, and I think that it's for science and and for movie accuracy that you've done this, and and I applaud your dedication because I think it's pretty fair to say that Stark wouldn't have been able to be quiet. <laughs> she, her reaction would have been very much <laughs> like yours.
1: She'd be like, "Oh, fuck." <laughs> But I, th- I think it works better if you've been clunked on the noggin, yeah. right? You've been bopped across the bonds.
2: Quick like bop across the bonds. Uh,
1: and yeah, then you might just be like, "Huh? huh what's going on?"
0: Doctor Weir gets a hold of the the gun. This is where Cooper comes back.
1: Well, before Cooper gets back, Weir starts the countdown on the gravitational drive. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. and it's like thirty <clears throat> I'll minutes. I'll show or you something.
1: where she's been. Ten minutes, I think they have. Okay. Yes, and going, now you Cooper will shows up.
0: <laughs> and Cooper shows up. He lands on the front of the ship where the glasses. So at the
2: most wrongest place, at the most wrongest time, the most time.
1: wrongest place, at the most wrongest time,
2: mm-hmm. so
0: people can see him, so that <laughs> Weir can see him, and
1: Weir does say a cool thing. He's pointing the rivet gun at Miller. And Miller's like, if you miss me, you're just blown out the hall. And he's like, what makes you think I'll miss? Yes. That was cool.
0: Okay. But then this dumb ass motherfucker, Weir, (laughs) shoots it at the glass at the front of the ship.
1: Yeah. On the bridge. He's
0: supposed to be this super, like, basically possessed by this super smart, like, demon that's, like, super powerful and killing everybody. And he doesn't have a second to realize that that guy's on the outside of this ship and he's not coming in through that glass. (laughs) Let me shoot it out so that we all die and I don't actually get to show them anything.
1: Yeah. (sighs) Although, well, when he says it won't let us leave, I think he means even if you're dead.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, he clearly proves later on, well, we'll get to that, I guess. Yeah.
0: So, there's a bit of a ruckus that goes on. They all end up, okay except for weir who gets sucked out through the thing
1: why is he yelling miller's name when that happens to i don't he's like miller yeah
0: what what did he have the same thing that happened to justin where he had a moment of clarity and like
1: i don't think so
2: yeah he doesn't seem like he was Because he could still see just fine without his eyeballs. Against his will, tranced, he seemed to be.
0: I have no idea.
2: And that ship had a
1: lot of fucking... For, like, how long was that going on? Like, at least two or three minutes. That air is just rushing out of the broken glass on the bridge.
0: And none of them die. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Cooper was in a spacesuit. However, most of his oxygen, all of his oxygen, basically, had been depleted at that point. (laughs) Hours ago, presumably. He does (laughs) save... Uh, Stark and Cooper by getting them through the hole on time, and Stark. Cooper didn't. Cooper go Cooper through a worked two?
1: his way around to an airlock.
2: Yes.
0: Uh, okay.
2: Uh, Miller shoves a space pickaxe into the door.
1: <laughs> it's different from an Earth pickaxe.
2: Yes, it's all one solid shaft. It looks
0: like a
1: fireman's like what do they call it?
0: It looked like a grappling hook to me.
1: Kinda. Yeah. But like firemen have this tool. I forget what it's called like, a gorilla bar or something that they used to just break shit. That's what it looked like to me.
2: I think it was all of these things.
1: And on top of that, yeah, so he gets Stark out before this, like, the airlock decides two minutes into this huge (laughs) breach to finally start to seal.
0: I (laughs) started expecting there to be, like, a 13 ghosts kind of situation going on where one of them got chopped in half by the door.
2: Oh. (laughs) Or, like, Mm -hmm. his arm
0: got chopped off or something. Like, I was expecting one of them to not make it out whole from that and i don't know why i don't know i guess mm. maybe that's what they wanted you to think but i just i kept thinking of that scene in 13 ghosts where the glass door slides across and cuts the person <coughs> in half mm. um
1: meals yes and indeed. also ghost ship and also and also but anyway yeah
2: mm. resident um, evil yeah so yeah he puts a fireman axe in there holds it open just long enough and then the, the door's like man i guess i better like, put more oomph into this, and then it bends it, and then they're able to get through.
0: <clears throat> and then, once the space comes in through the airlock,
2: Cooper. Uh, and yeah. they grab a bunch
1: of melee weapons. Okay, Miller grabs a set of bolt cutters. Presumably, there might be a set on the ship. Stark grabs a fucking, like, camp axe. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it has a nail puller on the top. There's no nails on this ship. You don't need an axe for anything. I don't know. So the third, ha- so, third
0: act of the movie. I, I just need to point out that at this point, the two black men, aside from the one white guy that's like crazy, are the only two men that are still alive, conscious, and doing shit.
1: True that.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
1: Mr. Justin's in his tube.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. So
2: His beck to tank, if you will.
0: <laughs> and what does this indicate? <laughs> <laughs> that not all horror movies kill the black guy first. Oh, that is a good point. <laughs> mhm. <laughs> I, I remember not realizing that was a stereotype until I watched one of the scary movie movies. And a Scary they, movie movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, you know what happens to black men whenever they're in horror movies? They always <laughs> die first. <laughs>
2: so then they're all like, okay, so why don't we just do what we're about using the explosives to blow the ship up so that we can have a life raft from the front of the ship tube thing. And they're ship all tube. like, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. But in order to do that, they have to go into the core again for some reason. I don't know why. No.
0: They have to release the blood. (laughs) No! What the fuck? That's a thing! That's a thing that happens. They're like, we need to send out the emergency radio signals, and he goes to turn it on, and he's like, blood, and then, like, uh, Stark ends up getting knocked over by a wave of blood.
1: Well, releasing the blood is a necessary part of space flight, but, um...
2: (laughs) All pre-flight checks. Argo, and then released the blood? Not yet.
1: <laughs> that blood should have been released two minutes ago. Uh, Miller is manually arming the explosives. Oh, That's what yes. he's doing. Every
0: single one of them.
1: Except for number four, which ended up on the Lewis and Clark.
2: Oh, you're right. I was I am right.
1: I memorized it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number four is xed out because it's not there anymore.
2: Oh, I meant in general you were right about the scene, but you're also right about number four
1: need your freaking validation for this yes you do i do <laughs> but um uh how about you? yeah so miller arms all the things and he gets the remote detonator for them mm-hmm. and that's when burning man shows up again and chases him into the core yes
2: or and shoots him
0: sets him on fire
2: with a blast of like johnny storm fire He's yeah. all like, pew, pew, it wasn't anti gravity fire though. No. Yes, it was not anti gravity. <laughs> and then what the fire. fuck was that? Like weird blast with the doors going closed and like it like narrowing the field of fire and it like shooting towards it. That whole scene was real fucking weird. It's the nineties. Like his light, like, his face was like the fuck. And like <laughs> he moves just in time. And there's a blast of fire. And you're Like yeah, okay, we just saw that. But all right. So- and then he
0: puts the fire out with the blood water. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ew.
1: It's Peter's blood water this time. Ew. Yeah. I guess he didn't really have time to dwell on that fact, though.
2: He almost like took a bloodbath
1: because Doctor Weir shows up and he's got his eyeballs back, but he's yeah, all for some fucking up. reason. He's, he's like, naked now.
2: He's like reconfigured and looks like one of the guys from um, Oh fuck, what's like Pinhead and Chatterbox? Yeah,
1: Hellraiser. That's the one, which was dumb.
2: And I was thinking about
1: Hellraiser because this movie had a similar incident at the end. Skipping forward, we like what happens is Doctor Weir grabs Miller's head and is like, "Let me show you." And he sees, like, all these horrible things that are going to happen to his crew when they get to hell. He's like, do you see? And Miller's like, I see. And he hits the button on the bomb thing and blows the it hallway takes like apart.
0: It like, 45 seconds too long for him to hit the button.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, like, right before the core goes off. Takes the rest of the ship. Yes. Down to hell, I guess.
0: I thought that, for some reason, uh, Weir, when he was all cut up and naked and stuff, reminded me a little bit of Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> like, I don't know why, just that's what it put me in mind of. Do it. <laughs>
1: Strike him down.
0: <laughs> yeah, so then he detonates the thing, and then... Well,
1: yeah, I, I guess so.
2: They get hurtled through space, propelled by the explosion alone, right? Like.
1: Oh, I think the four deck has little engines. I guess. Little, some little engines? little engines. <laughs> like, little blue? And, and then they, they the get
2: saved by... Police spacemen.
1: Police spacemen.
2: Their, their helmets say police on them, but they're also spacemen.
0: <laughs> and then there's like a, a fake out where you think that they're actually in still on the ship. And she dreams about Weir being one of the rescue people.
1: Yeah. Even and, though she didn't see him in his scarred up form.
0: And she starts panicking. Yeah. And needs to be sedated.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, there's probably a little bit of like haunting infection left on in the front part of that ship the forward deck whatever
1: well you would think so and they also
2: kind of allude to that because they (laughs) as they're zooming out like the doors close on the two police officers or whoever they are trying to calm stark down as she's like freaking out from this terror she's stark raving mad (laughs) (laughs) easy now (laughs) that was event horizon
0: and that was event horizon
2: all
1: right let's do stars 10 stars I think we did that last time, but we're going to do it
2: again. Okay. So you're saying you're giving it 10 stars or out of 10 stars? Out of 10 stars. Okay.
1: I'm also giving it 10 stars.
2: Okay. 10 stars.
1: I Over, fucking love Event Horizon. Overall Avengers. or for scariness?
0: Overall. Okay.
2: Okay.
1: 10 stars. I fucking love Event Horizon. I've always loved that movie since the first time I saw it. I know there's some issues with it and it doesn't always make sense, but I fucking love Event Horizon.
2: This is one time where I will agree. My nostalgia goggles are one fucking time. on hardcore Your for knuckles? this movie. My noggles. Your nostalgias? Yes. <laughs> My noggles are turned up to full. <laughs> full blast. And I agree. I'd give it 10 stars overall for the movie.
0: I'd give it a 7 overall. Whatever.
2: That's still pretty good for. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> you're the one who takes it easy on them. Fuck you.
0: But I don't like space movies.
2: You don't. So that's pretty good for I you. Also All right. Unfuck yourself.
0: <laughs> have a hard time with hell movies. I don't know why they bug me.
2: And you have a very specific want in your horror movies. Like, I really it do. It has to be ghosts. can't be possessions. Oh, it can be possessions, but not with hell. <laughs> has to be ghost possessions. Ghost sessions.
0: I had an issue with some of the acting. There were a lot of plot holes. The cast was good, but I there were things that I took issue with. But
1: As far as scariness goes, I would give it a 7 on this sense. Mm. It's not the most horrifying movie I've ever seen. But I mean, certain parts of it were. But there's a lot of the movie where... Between Lewis and Clark getting damaged, Justin trying to throw himself out of the airlock. There isn't a lot going on in between there.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay.
1: So they kind of coast along for a while, just for that reason. Okay.
2: Because this movie was one of my earliest memories of being truly terrified, I'm actually going to bump that up to an 8 for me, just because... Also... I legitimately am terrified of that scene, like, when he's in that airlock. And it's not just what's going to happen to him, although that's terrible. And it's not just the realization that it's going to happen to him, although that's terrible. (laughs) It's the fact that he's in there and he can't get out. And, like, he's asking for help and they can't do anything. It's awful for everyone. Yeah. Me too, while I'm watching it. Why'd you do this to me? So, yeah. I'm going to give it an eight.
0: I'm going to give it a six. I was not super scared for most of the movie. And there were... Things that I, like, I kept waiting for scares and they just never happened. And I got real frustrated with it. But
2: isn't that kind of a good thing? Because then we get really frustrated when when things are really predictable.
0: I like jump scares. Okay. I'm the one that likes jump scares. So. Yeah. I just, I like the anticipation building up to the jump scare more than the jump scare itself. But if it never actually happens, it's like there's no payoff. Okay. And so, it kind of bugs me a little bit. Kind of like
1: the pretty thing that lives in the house.
0: Oh God.
1: Yeah, Oh God.
0: I think that Vic and I both fell asleep during that movie.
2: And I very rarely fall asleep during movies. I
1: didn't even finish it. <laughs> I think I got like 45 minutes into it, and I'm like...
2: I'm there. And I am happily willing to admit that maybe that movie is just too above me as far as, like, my movie pay grade. Maybe it's just too smart for me. That's highly Ugh. possible.
0: Vic, your favorite part of the movie.
2: DJ, also... Jason Isaacs.
0: He was your favorite part of the movie? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean,
2: he was... The character I actually cared about the most and probably got one of the least meaningful deaths, but I really just like him and I like that character and I like what they kind of sort of were thinking about doing with him.
0: Uh, My favorite part of the movie was the argument between Cooper and Weir (laughs) because it was just ridiculous and super funny and I enjoyed it.
1: I like when the gate opened for the first time Mm -hmm. and Justin got pulled into it and... Cooper, I guess he's, like, the lifeline guy Yeah. in those operations. And his wire is, like, running out. And, like, it gets to the end and, like, almost rips the spool off the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cooper's like, I'm going! And, you now he's going down the wire mm-hmm. to get to Justin. That was my favorite part. His little rescue mission there.
2: Yeah, it's creepy, too, because, like, it's taut until he gets to about 20 feet away. And then, like, he goes to pull to propel himself along. And it just, all of a sudden, there's right slack in the line. Yeah. And he just comes pulling out of this puddle of... Goo. Hell, I guess. Portal. Portal Puddle.
0: Alright. Uh, it's ghost P. <laughs> no. Vic, what was your least favorite part?
2: My least favorite... Oof. There's... There's a couple. <laughs> I think the whole oxygen scrubber thing um, just bothered me a lot. Like, every part of that, when you start to think about it, it doesn't really make sense at all. And that... It just didn't need to be in the movie at all, and it really bothers me.
0: Plot holes. There were so many. It just drove me nuts. There there were so many things that the entire time I couldn't stop my brain from going, if they just thought about that a little bit, they would have realized what a bad idea it was. (laughs) And the people who, I mean, the people who created the ship, the people on the ship, like... Dr. Ware created the ship. Yes.
1: He was the only one that
0: created the ship. <laughs> Nobody else was involved. That's why it According took him so long. Movie, that's, <laughs> that's why his wife was so he annoyed. handmade all of those bombs, and that's how he knew that you couldn't turn them off once you turned them on. <laughs> no, just there were so many things that drove me a little bit nutty. Peter's going after her not-son when she knew that it was her not-son. and that kind
2: Well, of thing. that kind of stuff I kind of attribute to maybe the ship corrupting their brains a little bit because it she does see it as the gate is spinning around you see the light reflecting in her eyes in a very like important way that kind of makes me think that she's kind of being corrupted
0: okay alright but yes
2: plot holes and black holes
1: actually some of my least favorite stuff was some of the things Justin was saying I think when he when he has his first seizure Mm -hmm. after he's unconscious before he goes to the airlock he's like he's coming yeah and she's like what? what's coming he's like the dark and I'm like ah come on like
0: it was very cheesy yeah
1: a
2: little over the top too like he's like Wah! and like falls back and i don't know a little
0: actually completely oh really really quick i just we skipped over something that i kind of wanted to bring up what the fuck did they do with the chunks of the frozen man that broke whenever they turned the gravity on <laughs>
2: they didn't he just stunk up the entire ship i guess yeah
0: okay anyway i mean sorry. you probably
1: wouldn't bother cleaning it up
0: um <laughs> yeah. uh, Vic, what was the scariest part for you
2: i think we yeah, all know yeah. what i'm gonna say it's how rickety Miller's chair is. Have you looked at that thing? It looks really <laughs> uncomfortable and really hard to use. Like, seriously, like it sways it looks, back and forth. It, and like, I it
1: think it's looks supposed like to an
2: keep amusement stable. park ride. Oh, no, it just looks terrible. Like he like gets off it really carefully, and what he does, it's like <laughs> back and forth. But no, um, yeah, waking up in an airlock that you can't get out of, and everyone else realizing that you didn't want this, that it was like some kind of weird trance that you were in, it's just a terrible situation for fucking everyone.
0: Okay. Uh, The scariest part of the movie, you know, I've had minutes to think about this. Mm. Hours, days. I think that the scariest part of the movie for me was probably when the uh, glass got shot out on the bridge. It wasn't one of the horror things in the movie, but just to me that impending sense of am I going to make it through this kind of a thing when all of the, the oxygen is getting sucked out into the... <laughs> Into
1: space. somewhere it didn't need it. Yeah. My scariest moment would actually be when Cooper gets blown off the of Lewis and Clark. Okay. Oh, and yeah. he's being flung out into space. Because like I said, there's no way he's making it back. No. Yeah. If that was me, I'd be freaking the hell out. What are you going to do? Yeah. The only thing you have to look forward to is suffocating to death.
0: Yeah.
1: Either that or like you just take your helmet off and try to make it quick.
0: There we have it. There's Ben Horizon and our opinions on it and all of the bullshit that happened.
1: Mm -hmm. I'd like to give a shout out to another short horror film on YouTube called The Smiling Man. Mm. I watched the uncensored version. I don't know which version is censored.
0: And then I believe that I am pick for next week. Next week we are going to be doing something slightly different than we normally do. And I'm hoping that the movie that I pick works for it. Because if not, I'm going to have to come up with something else and edit it in here afterwards. We are going to... Max and I are going to watch the movie. And then we are going to discuss it like we typically do. But Vic is going to have not watched the movie. And so we're going to be describing it to him as if he's never seen it.
1: (laughs) And if he comes back and says that didn't make any sense, then we know we haven't been doing a good job on
2: the podcast.
0: We've been doing a fan-fucking-tastic job of the podcast. (laughs) We Um, have. And then I'm
2: going to watch the movie in between next week's podcast and the week after and let them know how they did.
0: (laughs) I don't think you've seen this movie because if you watched it without me, I might be kind of bummed. uh Uh, (laughs) I wanted to pick As Above, So Below. Uh,
2: Um, I did start watching uh... that. I don't remember it, but I'm not great with names, so probably not. It's a found footage movie.
0: Yeah, I don't think that you and I have Mm. seen it, and I'm actually, I'm a big fan of the podcast My Favorite Murder, and I'm in a group that's people who are fans of My Favorite Murder, but also fans of horror, and that one keeps coming up as a recommended horror movie for people. I've been really wanting to watch it, but haven't really had the time or opportunity, so I figured this would be a good time. Okay. We're going to watch that movie and I'm actually super excited about it and we'll see how it goes and then I'll have to find time to watch it sometime this week when you're not around (laughs) so that you don't know what's going on.
1: I will watch it and I'm going to try and let go of my found footage bias.
0: I did not realize that it was a a found footage movie. Have you seen Grave Encounters? Yes. Okay. Okay. That one was decent. That was good. Okay. Well, there you have it. I guess thank you for listening to our ridiculous ramblings, and we will be back next week. Next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Hounds of Horror. If you enjoyed our podcast and would like to know how to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash houndsofhorrorpod. If you support us on Patreon, you get access to some cool Patreon-only items, or just have the satisfaction of knowing that you're helping us create more content.